0: 9 almost that elusive Colton with 60 if you guys I'm missed really the awesome. episode uh, that's all right, cause it was sunday so i forgive you if you watched the Steelers, the nfl games live instead of listening to our predictions even though they were so close to perfect it was, would have been the same exact thing yeah. that's a joke obviously but um it has been a little while i mean it hasn't been um, that long it's only been it's been shorter than normally is in the weekend it's been, but
1: it's been two days
0: how are you doing today
1: I am just
0: living it up, not really. um
1: <laughs> obviously, we don't have school right now, as most people don't. um they shut down all of the facilities, so we're not even allowed to enter the school anymore, so there's no we our practices have been shut down for a week, so I've just been chilling at my house. We've got the guys together a little bit at the rec center and got some work in a little bit, but like you know, no official practices, so I'm just goofing off, chilling at my house, doing a lot of nothing. Watching a lot of football, and that is all my life has consisted of
0: the past couple of days. I can relate. Uh, I had like, and there was like an two track practice today because I had like a meeting after school, and they told us about what, what practices are going to be like, and uh, practices are just going to be doing well, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know how that is going to be, but I'm not complaining. I uh, will be there on December third. So, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. and then I was there. I didn't run any, but I messed around and threw the chop a little bit, which I'm no good at. I knew I wasn't, I know I'm not good at that. But <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a rough like stretch of weather, and I'm already like have a little bit of a stuffy nose. So I, I haven't gotten too much running in lately. But pro- tomorrow, mm-hmm. in class, I might try and try and run if it's a little bit warmer than usual. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I'm not, have to say the least.
1: Yeah, thing. I can say I also have not been running a lot, but I. I'm not someone that runs a lot, so it's not (laughs) out of the ordinary. Uh, But it has been only two days, so the news isn't crazy. There's not an excessive amount of it, but there is still some of it. And we will start it off with um, an extremely, extremely, extremely sad piece of news. And you all knew what was coming here. Um, The number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, um, has officially torn his ACL MCL and it's done other structural damage to his knee, and that will obviously be a uh, season-ending injury there for him. Did that during the game on Sunday versus the Washington Football Team, the FedEx Field curse, so to speak. Um, and that is uh, that's such sad news. That might be like the saddest injury for me that I've the of all year, just because such a promising rookie quarterback first. Overall pick coming in and doing so much and being so effective with such an awful uh, team around him, it's just you know he's their fr- he's their franchise guy, right? I don't think anybody has any questions about it at this point. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts there. And it's just really sad to see to see Joe Burrow come down. He's such a he's a good person, really promising player from all aspects, and it's just not something you want to see for anybody. So there's no official word. It's looking like he'll probably be ready by the start of next season,
0: but. um it's just really, really rough stuff there. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very sad story. It's that and, and that the Dak Prescott ACL tear, mm-hmm. uh, two very sad. Are, I, yeah, the worst ones. I hope it doesn't hurt him long term because of the structural damage and stuff. I'm not a doctor, but you know yeah. the ACL tear back in back in the day was a career ender, and technology and and medicine has came a long way, thankfully enough. So it's mm-hmm. not as, as of. uh gruesome i mean, i guess it was still it was a it was a if you watch that play yeah. especially in motion like uh, you, you. it's not fun <laughs> but yeah hopefully he can come back strong and that's that's what zachary taylor was alluding to he'll be back strong in tw- the 2021 season so mm-hmm. yeah but that's just that uh, and that like i like you said that in the and the Dak prescott injury
1: were for me at least the saddest injuries of the year um and that's really rough stuff there, but we, 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 live, we forgive and forget. We live on. Sadly, life. We'll, we'll, we'll move on, but um, prayers up for Joe Burrow there. Um, so next, I guess we're going to stay in the division. And after their game versus the Tennessee Titans, um, running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins have both tested positive for COVID-19. So they have obviously been placed on the list, but they are, will obviously not be eligible to play this week versus the Steelers. They will both um, be out, so Gus Edwards will be the starting running back with Justice Hill backing him up in all likelihood um, for the Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we were not 100% sure even if that game's going to happen at this point. Um, obviously, when you have positive COVID tests in the building, especially when you have multiple of them like the Ravens have, they're having to shut down their facilities for the week, and this is a short week for, the, for these teams. They're playing on Thursday Night Football, Thanksgiving. Um. So it's a short week. We don't actually know. Then this game is definitely not 100 percent on whether it's happening after these positive tests that have just come out. And of course, it's it's the one they've faced the Titans that the tests come out. Obviously, no shade to the Titans anymore. But like that was the biggest, the big, the big outburst earlier in the season was having to do with the Titans and their improper usage of policies that were set in place by the NFL. Um. But, yeah, those guys won't be playing. A big day for Gus Edwards, I can expect. He's a big fantasy target. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe I'll go pick him up for fantasy right now.
0: Certainly, that'll be a okay. good idea. But, um, yeah, Gus Edwards is no scrub. We saw him. We see him come in all the time. He He's a good guy. He's a good player. He was a, a good running back the first year Lamar played, and they they went to the playoffs and they got smashed in the first round. But, um yeah, and he's a really good ba- he like a really good backup, but he'll come in and perform. Again, that's great. Off, I still got offense line. The defense has been playing relatively well. So unless you're going- unless you Derrick Henry, doesn't really matter. But yeah, I, think I have the game. facts, facts. facts. Um, no, yeah, that'll me.
1: definitely America's game of the week next
0: week. Steelers and Ravens definitely on that's Thanksgiving. Going. That's awesome. I was somehow I was not aware that we were playing on Thanksgiving. For some reason, I thought we were playing on Sunday, but I cannot complain. Because other than that, it's like all teams with three and six or worse records playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that should definitely be a really good game, hopefully. Will the Steelers continue on their undefeated train? We will find out. But, um, we that we will. Next piece here. So we continue with the saga, we'll call it, of Tack McKinley. <laughs> he was cut by the Falcons. Signed by the Bengals. He didn't pass his physical with the Bengals. Cut by the Bengals. Signed by the 49ers. Well, he didn't pass his physical with the 49ers either. And was cut by the Niners. And now he has been signed by the Las Vegas Raiders. Will he pass the physicals? Um, Lord knows. I don't know what happens in those physicals that he's not able to pass. But um, yeah, another team that is in a better situation for this season than the Niners. Um and they that's one thing they're lacking is a pass rush. They've got you know Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell who are you know are not having the most productive of seasons to say the least um so Tech McKinley could definitely come in there and try to jump start that pass rush. you know that'd definitely be something that they need coming in and being a potential playoff team team that's fighting for the playoffs that seventh elusive seventh seed um just narrowly lost to Kansas City this week it was it it was a close one um so, yeah, um, hopefully he'll be able to pass the waivers. There's definitely no guarantee with that, as we've seen him already two times fail his physicals, whatever that does entail. But,
0: um, yeah, so Jack McKinley, Vegas Raider. So I looked it up just for for my for my wondering sake. I've mentioned it so many times. So the main things that go on is during a NFL physical is blood works EKGs, and for certain players, stress tests on their heart in order to determine if they are... If they have internal issues that might affect the player's ability to participate in the NFL, so I don't know what he's failing, hmm. but I would—it all—it's making sure the heart is strong. So Maybe he has issue there, which maybe would uh, for him to be playing in the NFL if he has issues. But they're
1: easy a like, lot. Like Vic Beasley didn't pass his physical, and then like you know they do stuff and they pass it later. Like you know maybe they've got like. High blood sugar or something. (laughs) I have no clue. But I don't know anything about that. But yeah, hopefully he'll be able to come back because he's a relatively good player. But um, next, we're going to get into two guys that have been sidelined for the majority of the season that are designated to return from injury reserve. Um, First, for the New York Giants, their rookie safety second-round pick, Xavier McKinney, um, is finally designated to return. We saw him get an injury before the season even started never even got to play a snap and he was i believe the first safety taken in this draft um so it's definitely really good for him to be able to play come in and bolster a giant secondary that has been overperforming this season i guess i can say for some pieces and underperforming for others as james bradbury has been a very pleasant surprise logan ryan's been pretty nice but um other than that not very good and as we speak you as, as always we give our um Monday night reaction somewhat. And oh, yeah. the Rams get got a field goal to put them up twenty seven to twenty four. The Buccaneers got the ball back and Tom Brady throws his second interception of the night. Oof. So the Rams will now have the ball with less than two minutes left and looking to just run this clock out and, and secure a Monday night football victory over the Buccaneers.
0: The Rams are a dangerous team. Their defense yeah. is like quietly really, really good. Like they can shut down some of the top offense. We saw yeah. We we'll see the Seattle Seahawks there, and um, now we're seeing the Buccaneers. They're not shutting down the offense completely, but you know, you can rattle quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Then you're certainly a, a force to be reckoned with there.
1: Yeah, and the Buccaneers are just underperforming. I gotta say it. Like the offense, especially the receiving core, is so stacked. Two really good running backs, an offensive line that I believe is potentially top five in the league. Um, defense a defense with really nice pieces on
0: every level of the field, like this. I mean, this should, even, uh, my what oh, I mean, yeah, like this year overall has done well, but this game is you know I'm not watching yeah, it, just, right? just based on, on what I've heard. You know they, they've let up some some of those. You know, like,
1: we thought they were going to be you know good pass rush, obviously, and a solid linebacking core. They they might probably have the best linebacking core in the league, honestly. And they've had some breakout stars, Antoine Winfield Jr., Carl Davis in the secondary. That like, that's just a very good team in every aspect. But they're just underperforming this year, man. And I don't even know what to attribute that to. But I guess we're kind of getting off topic a bit. Um, so the first player, the first player was Xavier McKinney, and the second player designated to return is Sony Michelle of the New England Patriots. It's also been out. We've seen a carousel of running backs, including James White, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Harris take over for him. Um, Rex Burkhead um, was actually injured last week and will probably not play next week. So, Sonny Michel will look to hopefully be back. We don't know if it's exactly next week, but he's designated to return from the IR in the next, however, you know, week to two weeks. But... Um, Anyway, two guys be back. Nice to see them back and definitely help out their respective teams. And I'm excited to see Xavier McKinney play for the first time in the NFL. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, good to hear. Definitely. And the last piece of news here we're going to have, more on Miles Garrett. We saw him test positive for COVID-19 and not be able to play in last week's game. And now he has officially, as we kind of expected, but he's officially been ruled out for this week's game on Sunday versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. So their star, their star pass rusher Miles Garrett, former number one overall pick, will be out for his second straight game. And yeah, that's rough stuff there if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. But obviously, you know, if he's going to have to miss a game, missing a game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars is not the worst game you can, miss. or you know, one of the better games that you can miss. So, um,
0: I guess. <laughs> I guess as far as I mean, he could add some stats on against a team like that, but it's not like. Yeah. Not in the game is going to be the difference between a winning and a losing game in all reality.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's accurate. Um, so now with that, we get into the the episode point, the analysis of the Week 11 NFL games. So you saw on our Saturday episode, we gave our brief little analysis of the Arizona Cardinals-Seahawks Thursday Night Football game. So now we're going to get into the Sunday games and Monday Night Football, which is just coming to a wrap right now. And unless we see a punt return touchdown right here, then, um, yeah, we did not see a punt return touchdown. So, Rams <sighs> take it on Monday Night Football. Um, so, we'll start it off here with wh- how we always started off, you know, that we're homers. Or we're, <laughs> we're, 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 get, we're Pittsburgh fans. We're going to start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Um, the Steelers win it 27-3 to in a dominant fashion. Um, our top performers here, we're going to have James Conner. 16 touches for 99 total yards, uh, 6.8 yards per carry. We have Deontay Johnson, 12 receptions for 111 yards. And then um, the duo of safeties for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, both with two interceptions apiece, two passes defended apiece. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick with five tackles, Terrell Edmonds with four tackles. So really nice games there for the two of them. And Pittsburgh just kind of dominated this game from start to finish in really all aspects, which was what you expected. They forced Jake Luton to throw four and in, four interceptions that game, which obviously was something that he had not done in his career. Um, James Robinson did rush for seventy three yards on seventeen attempts, and Joe Schobert did accumulate thirteen tackles. But those are the only players on, on Jacksonville who really had anything to show. Um, and yeah, this was just a dominant Pittsburgh victory from start to finish, which was what you expected when you're when you're facing. A 10 or I guess at the time, a 9 0 team versus a 1 8 team, you expect a dominant victory, and that's exactly what happened. So, Pittsburgh does what they're supposed to do, takes a dominant win over an inferior opponent, and that's about what we expected. So,
0: yeah, so an interesting thing I really recognize. So, in the episode, if you listen to, it, I mentioned how I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of, of rivalry there because obviously there's been some rough games in the past and very close games. Um, a lot of big personalities going at it, but a lot of those team members are just gone. You know, Anthony Brown, of course, Mike Mitchell. They both uh, stirred the pot a little bit, and then you know, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boyer, and and those Telvin Smith. You know, the, the guys on on the defensive side of the ball there for Jacksonville, and Fournette. All those guys are gone. So I didn't think there would be that much, but you saw I Mingus mean, Patrick go out there lay the boom a little bit, and a lot of a lot of fun. There as far as some some quote rivalry, but it didn't it didn't last long because uh, the Steelers just whooped him so bad. Of course, of Fitzpatrick got his revenge on on the, the some, uh smack talk and got two interceptions. Terrell Edmonds, who I think I feel like Terrell Edmonds talks some smack. I don't know, just just from Probably. Uh, sometimes just look at his like his uh, body language and I feel like he's he's out there making some <laughs> some guys mad, but. I mean, he he sometimes he doesn't stand up to uh his um his work smack talk, and then sometimes he does. And this was a game that he did. Those two interceptions were big. The one he he didn't exactly cover the tight end very well, but Jake Luton just threw such an awful pass that it threw it right to him. And then the next pass, that was a nice play. He tipped it up and and cut his cut it off his own tip, and uh, that was nice. Yeah, that so was a I very nice catch. interception. Relatively the same. Like they weren't always in the. Like they kind of got bailed out by the terrible pass or dinked at the top. But, you know, I will not complain. An interception is an interception. And, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, once again, is in one of the top conversations for, uh, safeties because for a little bit there, they're talking about his lack of production and how the interception numbers have been a little bit low, but they haven't been tested. No quarterbacks have really been testing him so much. And, um, maybe they were involuntary, Micah Fitzpatrick, because Jake Luton does not have a very accurate arm. And, I know I saw some some scuttlebutt about Jake Luton actually because he's kept some games really tight. Um, so they uh, there was some scuttlebutt about him staying in even though uh, Gardner Minshew is coming back. And I think we can conclusively say Gardner Minshew will be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars whenever he's healthy and ready to return. Yes.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. So up next we got. The New England Patriots versus the Houston Texans. A game neither of us predicted correctly. We both predicted New England to win. They lost 27-20. to 20. Deshaun Watson played the game 344 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Hell said he also was the leading rusher for the day, 36 yards, one touchdown. The leading receiver of the day, Brandon Brooks, 85 yards, zero touchdowns. You see Kiki Kuti and Randall Cobb both snag um, a touchdown catch, which is great. Zach Cunningham of the day, along with Justin Reed with seven tackles. Um, for New England, Cam Newton had a pretty had a good day. Like he, he he's been a pretty good. Uh, had put up some pretty good stats in the past few weeks. Yeah. Damien Harris on eleven attempts had forty three yards in a touchdown. Wait, I apologize. I am going to get a drink. My throat is hurt. <coughs> okay, sorry. Leading. Receiver for the day, Damir Bird. Never heard of the man before today, but he has exceptions, 132 yards and a touchdown. James White, <coughs> oh, sorry, was the runner up there as far as receiving yards with 64, which is pretty impressive for a running back, I'd say. On the defensive side of the of the ball, Jonathan Jones did the day for the Patriots, five tackles. Other than that, there wasn't many splash plays or such, a bunch of tackles and stuff, so. yeah, game. This was not one that I thought, but he kept it close as far um, as a Sean Watson. And the Russian game was horrendous for for the Texans, which I found interesting. Cause Duke Johnson, I always thought, was a very talented runner and someone who could be productive running back in, in today's NFL with this skill set. But he's been proving me a little bit wrong, and I guess my NFL opinions are not very right. <laughs> because like, I, I say a lot of things, and then the only thing, it's been a solid take so far. Is Rocky Sin is underrated, and he did have interception in the last game. So, indeed, love to see indeed that he did.
1: Um, yeah, that was a good game. Uh, Houston actually came out to a really got themselves a really nice lead before. Um, the Patriots with Demir Bird and Cam Newton were able to to cut that lead to a little bit. You saw the touchdown catch from Demir Bird it was just an absolute bomb. Um, from uh, Cam Newton in an amazing throw um, and an amazing catch there. So th- 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 that was a good game. I obviously did not expect the Titans or the, sorry, the Texans to win, but Deshaun Watson just absolutely did his thing, and those are the kind of performances that when Deshaun Watson has those, that's what really makes you understand, like, hey, this is just how amazing Deshaun show Watson is. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing all this without a true number one wide receiver without a good running back. You know what I mean? Like, he's without a good defense. I mean, Deshaun Watson is just getting nuts every all the time. Yeah, I give credit to Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm the guy that's really high on him, so, as oh, a lot yeah. of people are. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've, I've, said, I've tried to lay off it because I've said this phrase so many times in these <laughs> kind of prediction episodes, but like a game with Deshaun Watson, there's some quarterbacks that can just elevate the players around them and can keep games close like that. A few come to mind, like Russell Wilson and him. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best examples that they don't need a whole lot of help around them and they can they can still keep it close but yeah. I think that yeah. was on display last game because sure. um, you know <laughs> the coaches it's like do you really think Coach Purnell's out there giving crazy insights to the game especially compared to, to Babelichek so
1: yeah, I don't know. yeah.
0: It, it's it's weird to think about
1: yeah so um. With that, the next game we going into is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland takes this one, 17 to twenty-two, in relatively close fashion. Carson Wentz had himself another rough game, and leading to a lot of Eagles fans calling for Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback. Now, I'm not going to comment on that one, but um, Carson Wentz certainly did not play to the best of his best we've seen from him. Um, our top performers for Philly, we're going to have Dallas Goddard, five receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown for the young tight end. And the linebacker Alex Singleton is going to go 11 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and a fumble recovery. And then for Cleveland, we're going to have Nick Chubb, who goes 20 attempts for 114 yards. That would be 5.7 yards per carry. We have Adrian Claiborne, who goes three tackles, 1.5 sacks, and a forced fumble. Um, one of Carson Wentz's interceptions led to a Sione Taki Taki pick six. So we're going to have him on here with two tackles, a tackle for loss, one interception, a pass defended, and a touchdown. And then we mentioned um, last week with when it was announced that Miles Garrett would not play, um, that they were going to need Olivier Vernon to step up. He was one of those guys that they were going to need to step up. And boy, did he ever step up with five tackles, three sacks. Three tackles for loss in a pass defended. A career type of game for Olivier Vernon there on that Cleveland Browns defensive line. So, yeah, this was just a game that Cleveland's defensive line dominated the Philadelphia offensive line. It was just, it was just, they just couldn't compete. You know what I mean? Carson once struggled again. You saw, and it was really a battle of the defensive lines. And Philly was, Philly's defensive line was not able to get anything really going against that star-studded Cleveland offensive line with Conklin, Schrader, Batonio, and and Wills. So, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't have the best game of his career, but he had some really nice throws. You saw that crazy bomb to Rashard Higgins that was a a diving catch there, and Cleveland pulls this one out by five points against um, a solid team in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, um, I played the Browns' defense in fantasy this week, and I won by a lot, but it wasn't because of them. They put up, like, 20 fantasy points yeah. So crazy, impressive performance. Dare I say it was not as profi- as impressive as the Panthers as they shut out the Detroit Lions. So I think they're solid football team, and they did it without Teddy Bridgewater. He was <clears throat> called out like basically every game. We were both surprised. I mean, at least I was. And then PJ Wa- so PJ Walker gets the start, <clears throat> and. He wins his first game in in great fashion for 258 yards and a touchdown, two interceptions, which is is what you'd expect kind of from a, a first starter yeah. like that who hasn't – he's isn't exactly very experienced. Well, he's been, he's been like 15 NFL teams, but we don't need to go there. Um, he was Mike an Davis, undefeated XFL starter. That is true. Um, Mike Davis is the leading rusher for the day with 64 yards and a touchdown. David Moore – has 127 yards on seven receptions which is an average of 18.1 yards per catch what a guy Curtis Samuel <laughs> seven yards worth of receiving there and a touchdown um Trey Boston six tackles leading the day uh other than that <clears throat> there wasn't a lot it wasn't it was just a dominant performance all around yes um honestly if I, when i when i looked at these the stats for the lines, like I really don't even know who had a good game at all. But if I have to give one player, Jeff Okuda had a solid game with five tackles, which is good for a cornerback. So I'll give that to him. But uh, it's just, uh, it's a, yeah. it's a, it was a really ugly day for the lines offense. DeAndre Swift was out with injury, so Adrian Peterson had to get the bulk of the carries. He got like nine for like ten yards,
1: <laughs> which is
0: <laughs> horrible, thing. and. You know, oh, I, you sent the, the Instagram post to me about how uh, they finally named DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. running back, and Adrian Peterson was like, "Yeah, finally," yeah. because he he understands where he is in his career, and he's not exactly the star that he once was, or he can't—he's on an every-down back. So, yes, it, yes, I kind of feel bad for the man, but at least he's self-aware; and he's not going to be like upset about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I said we we
0: both expressed before this season. um,
1: While we weren't entirely right, we said, um, that DeAndre Swift would, we believed, at least I believe that DeAndre Swift was the best running back in that class. Um, it it was a consensus thing of like the three best prospect running backs in that draft were DeAndre Swift, JK Dobbins, and Jonathan Taylor. And while we were wrong, because Clyde edwards Hilaire and James Robinson are both, I think we can safely say the, the best two rookie running backs, um. DeAndre Swift, thus far, is doing better than Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. Um, Early season, they were definitely doing better. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor with quite possibly the best offensive line in the league is just not really putting up numbers.
0: He got 20 attempts this game. I saw that. He got 20 attempts this game, and it was like 90 yards against which is okay. But, you know, not very efficient, to say the least.
1: Yeah, like he's not being an efficient back with quite possibly the best offensive line in the league. And he's obviously been the starter with in the absence of Marlon Mack with his ACL tear earlier in the season. Um, and J.K. Dobbins has been really solid when he plays, but um, he just isn't getting the playing time with the wealth of running backs they have there. We'll see a little bit later. He had a really nice, I guess, with the next game that I have here. We'll see. He had a really nice game. I'll get into it now, I guess. Um, Tennessee and Baltimore. Um, Baltimore loses this. Tennessee wins 30-24 to with a Derrick Henry touchdown in overtime. And J.K. Dobbins, who I was just talking about, goes 15 attempts only, but 470 yards, which is 4.7 yards per carry, pretty solid day for him, and one touchdown, and then we're going to have Mark Andrews for them, five receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And for Tennessee, we have Corey Davis with five receptions for 113 yards and the man I just referred to, Derrick Henry, 28 attempts for 133 yards, being a 4.8 yards per carry, and the game-winning Touchdown in overtime there for him. Tennessee kind of pulls off a bit of an upset, and Baltimore falls to six and four, something a, a record that I can say most people <laughs> uh, most people did not even think that <laughs> Baltimore would get four losses on the season, let alone have them by week 12.
0: Right, there so. are people that predict them to go 16 and 0, and I will not name yeah. the commentator because I don't want to start a beef, but they had the Steelers going seven and nine, and the- and the Raiders, I mean, not the Raiders, the Ravens going 16-0, and 0, and it's almost going the opposite.
1: I haven't listened to him in a while, um, but I will say, last time I listened to him, he did issue an apology about his takes. It's very serious. So yeah. I, I respect that. I don't keep up with him that much anymore, but I'll probably probably—I'll get back into it at some point. Some point. I, I, listen, I, to him again. I
0: listen to podcasts in the summer, and then whenever the fall and the, the winter comes along, they kind of fade out a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I start to fade out of podcasts when the season actually is in <laughs> and when I actually have games to watch. You know what I mean? So
0: I don't need my sports picks from other people when I can just watch it live. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that's true. That is true. Yeah,
0: but, well, our numbers have gotten a, lot, a good bit better with the, the season starting, but yeah. know, maybe we just have better uh, episodes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. We're not just doing. Heaps and heaps and loads and loads of top ten
0: lists. Yeah, oh, we did that in the summer. Oh, that was that started to get kind of boring to an extent. when We just did all those top ten lists. Yeah,
1: but then I mean, the honestly, there wasn't much was, else to do. No.
0: Wide receiver, quarterback, and running back were all pretty fun, but then it was like top ten cornerback, and it's like, yeah, but this isn't exactly I, exciting.
1: The offensive line list was so bad. Oh, that was wasn't even sad. It's sure. like, well, I'm look at this, and he's on a good offensive line. Pro football focus graded him um, at this. And that's all you can yeah. say. Like <laughs> cause you was, can't it's not like there's stats to back up these offensive lines. It's not like you're like, We got fourteen pancake blocks last year. It's yeah. like, you no, know, pro football focus says this and I believe that. So yeah. I, that was a weird that was weird. I didn't like the
0: offensive line. That was line. a brutal that was a brutal because it was late and then we were talking about yeah, it was like one AM talking about the offensive line. like yeah. Don't, don't even remind me.
1: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, you come out here and rank Brandon Brooks number one in the lead. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> get over it, Colton. Get over it.
1: <laughs> On to the
0: next game. The LA Chargers versus the New York Jets. Chargers win it 34-28. to 28. Justin Herbert has a great game. 366 yards, three touchdowns. Keenan Allen has, like... A, like maybe a career game. I'm not a big Keenan Allen documenter of, of stats, so I'm not sure. <laughs> 16 receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams, 72 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Henry had 48 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, on the mm-hmm. defense side of the ball, Rayshon Jenkins led the day with five tackles. Then, Tavagan Campbell, hard to pronounce that name a little bit. Three tackles, an interception that he returned for the touchdown. For the Jets, Joe Flacco passed for 205 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Frank Gore, Mr. F- Mr. Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, rushed for 61 yards and a touchdown. Then the Pirine also rushed for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Then Tom of the day receiving was 71, but Rashad Perriman and Chris Henderson both had a touchdown receiving. Um Neville Kuit nine tackles and um, other than that, not a whole lot of exciting defensive performances with the Jets. But this, I feel like as though I did not watch this game, but I feel as though this game was much more of a blowout than the score shows. I would just. I'm take surprised the
1: Jets were able to put up 28 points for one.
0: <laughs> I know it was like it was a pretty balanced attack too between the rushing game and, and the passing game. Um, the yeah. rushing game wasn't exactly. Productive with Frank Gore and P. Ryan, but um, they both got the <laughs> touchdown. Joe Flacco was okay. I mean, he had like a fifty percent completion percentage, which is is pretty not good okay, for his. But... He's not. It's not great, but at this point, his career and with the talent he has around him, you know, you uh, have to come through
1: things. I just, I every every time Joe Flacco plays, I'm discouraged by the fact that they do so much better under Joe Flacco than Donald. And I don't understand it, because Sam <laughs> Darnold is a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. Right? I yeah. feel that Sam Darnold has a lot of potential, but it's like when I watch this and I see the team play so much better under Flacco, it's just like it confuses me. And I'll never yeah. I'll never understand. I'll never get to the bottom. Maybe,
0: that, I it kind of leads me to believe that um, he doesn't listen to Adam Gates as much, and maybe he makes some audibles at the line to some better plays. And Sam Donald maybe just doesn't have the experience to do such, yes. and I mean, yeah, just
1: goes so out there.
0: That he does, but I mean that's just a wild guess.
1: Yeah, that's a possibility, but the Lord knows. That's <laughs> so the it's, truth. it. Does
0: discourage me, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see.
1: We'll see. Um, the next game we get into is Cincinnati in Washington. Washington wins it nine to twenty. And it, it pains me to say, but before the injury, a top performer was Joe Burrow. Uh, 203 <laughs> yards and a touchdown before he went down with injury. And then Ryan Finley came in and stunk up the field. And Cincinnati, I believe, was winning before the Burrow injury. You actually saw what I um, one play where Joe Burrow got rocked. He was diving to the goal line. And Chase Young rocked him and forced a fumble on the goal line, which was an absolutely crazy, amazing play for Chase Young. I mean, that was nuts. But I was worried after that one <laughs> before, before it was a kind of foreshadowing, I guess. Um, but yeah, Ember went down sadly, and he was having a good game. Tyler Boyd finished with nine receptions for 85 yards. And then for the Washington football team, we're going to have Antonio Gibson go 16 attempts, 94 yards, and a touchdown. And scary Terry McLaurin, five receptions for 84 yards there for him. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really an efficient day for Alex Smith, it was a very inefficient day for. Ryan Finley, obviously. Surprise. Um, and this was a this was a crapshoot, especially after Joe Burrow went down. There was just not a lot of talent in this game whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like it was just not I, I was able to watch, you know, catch some of it. Um and it was not fun. It was not a fun watch, to say the very least. Um, so that's really all there is to that. Washington took this one and I I still think since he would have won with Joe Burrow, but yeah. obviously Burrow goes down and Washington just becomes better and Every category of uh, of the game, there. So Washington took it by eleven nine two twenty.
0: Now I could have swore Chase Young like Torres ACL, and there's no way he rehabbed from a torn ACL that quick. So I did He had angry.
1: some kind of injury earlier in the year, and you know he, but he's been back for a few weeks. And he definitely didn't tear his ACL, but
0: yeah, I, for some reason I thought that I thought he was out for the season, and then I saw that he was like. I saw some stats about him, and it was like, "He's playing again?" I was so confused, but I'm happy. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see him back, but it's it's sad to see Joe Burrow again. And you must have been
1: really confused when I had Chase Young as a runner up for defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> I you know.
0: I was like, I was like, he he was doing that good before he got injured that he already has that good of stats.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I I mentioned it. You're like, hmm, even with the injuries,
0: I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, he was injured for a
1: while. That's why I, I didn't have him was a winner because, of that. but I guess if he thought that. Towards A C L, that would that would make sense to your confusion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, but the the Bengals automatically go to thirty one in my power rankings. If we're gonna do those on Wednesday, we haven't even talked about it. But um, they they're just they're so bad. They they rival the Jets with Ryan Finley because there's just like Mm -hmm. there's nothing there going for them. But on to the next, a very surprising game. Both of us had it incorrect. The one streak for the Dolphins is over as the Broncos break it. They win twenty to seventeen. <clears throat> Drew Locke had a a fairly good day here, two hundred seventy yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. <clears throat> but it was the story was really the rushing game as Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay both rushed for over eighty yards. Melvin Gordon had two touchdowns though, so I I give him the player of the game. Receiving leader was Tim Patrick, one hundred nineteen yards. And the fan caught uh f- fifty five yards there, which is good. Melvin Gordon, yeah, it was it was a big player there. He <laughs> was, although I just so He almost got three touchdowns, but he fumbled it
1: away on the goal line one time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Justin Simmons had six tackles and in the interception on Tua that I did not talk about yet. I
1: mean, I'll yeah. let you finish.
0: So so Tua throws for eighty three yards and a touchdown, um and an interception.
1: Like, there might an interception. It was Fitz through the interception. I know. Was,
0: for some reason, I thought it was too up. But, yeah, you know, at, at the half... I'll i get was, into that. That
1: was an interesting decision, but we'll get into that in a
0: Yeah, so, so the throw one, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he throws for 117 yards in an interception. Um, and they, they really couldn't get much going here. Either way, Devonte Parker had 61 yards in a touchdown. Uh, on the defense side of the ball, Xavier Howard had an interception there. Crow had... Had seven tackles, but it's like there were the Dolphins were playing uphill this whole game. I got to watch part of it, but uh, I was I was on and off. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. but It was on and off, but um, I know I was watching it and Tua was in, and then I come back in and Fitzpatrick's in, and I'm I'm confused. I was like, did Tua get hurt or something? And then I, I look I look at the chat because I'm watching a YouTube stream that's um, kind of legal, and they're all like, can't believe they pulled Tua. Crazy! I can't believe they put in magic over Tua or whatever. And it's so weird because they they put in <laughs> they pulled Fitzpatrick when he was doing good for Tua, and Tua does good, and then they just like switch it back. And I, I think you need to stick with one guy. And if he doesn't play good, like they were still in a position to win. I think Tua probably has a higher like it's probably a higher chance of them winning with Tua. I didn't get to watch it enough. Unless Tua really had a horrible day, but like I don't get it. It's just weird, but.
1: Yeah, I, I hated the move to, to, to bench Tua for me. Um, yeah, There were a lot of people that thought it was actually because of injury. Brian Flores came out and said, no, we benched him because of performance. He also was quick to say after the game, Tua will be starting next week. There's no doubt about that. Um, He is their guy. But for me, you can't just bench a quarterback because the offense isn't getting anything going. Like, I can see if Tua threw a couple interceptions, maybe you bench him. He didn't even throw any picks. You know what I mean? He's just... The offense just wasn't performing well earlier, early in the game. You know what I mean? And it, it is yeah. rough. They don't have Gaskin. They cut Jordan Howard. It's Tua, uh, Devonte Parker, Jasicki, and Matt Breida, I guess, currently. So, and, and that's just really not a good offense. Right? You you can't blame Tua for going in that starting. You're not, I I don't like the take that just because thing you don't get the offense off the ground quickly means you bench him and then you know fix came in and ended up throwing an interception.
0: But this is just Are a game you?
1: where Denver's defense went nuts.
0: Are you discounting Savon Ahmed? Lemaire? I am.
1: I am discounting Savon Ahmed. Um, but Denver's defense went nuts. They had, I believe, five sacks and an interception, obviously, some tackles for loss.
0: They were going nuts. Oh, they, had, they had six tacks, sacks.
1: They had those. <laughs> six sacks. Yeah, like, yeah, like come on. Like, they were just we knew Miami's offensive line was bad, but they were holding up from us in the season. They just were not able to hold up versus Denver. Um, I mean, and so- all their pass rush with, you know, Bradley Chubb and Josie Jewell and Shelby Harris and all the guys there. Um, they just weren't able to keep up. Denver's defense had them in a hole all game, and that's really what it came down to. Because I don't think that Denver's offense was like anything Super amazing. I don't think Drew lot came out and was thrown for five million yards, but it's just <laughs> it was a rushing it's game. Just, really. d- yeah, yeah. Had, like,
0: quite the game.
1: Yeah, it's just Denver's Denver's defense absolutely smothered Miami, and that's that's what it came down to. And, uh, I can respect that for the Broncos. Something the the Dolphins are going to have to work on moving forward. But I I hate the move defense to too. I, mean, I just really don't like that.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Tua is they're both Fitzmagic isn't super close. Listen, man, he he. He's a very inconsistent player and we've seen two out in college. He was a pretty clutch guy. He came in at the I think at the at the late in the game, um, over Jalen Hurts in the in the national champion and won the game. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there's a little bit more that maybe you I think you keep two in, but I'm I'm rambling on to this point. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I'm with you. We we we, be, we both agree that you keep two in that situation, but Without ranting to, you know, I won't say anything. Brian Flores is a good coach, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rant to him. He knows more than I do, but um, <laughs> he
0: knows much more than I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. The next game, we have Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, final score: New Orleans takes it, 24 to nine. Taysom Hill's first ever start. Um, he goes 233 passing yards, 51 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns for the man. Michael Thomas. Has his best game of the season so far nine receptions for 104 yards. We've got Cameron Jordan, absolutely one off, four tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss. We're gonna have three tackles and two sacks and two tackles for loss for David Anyamata, And Trey Hendrickson goes two tackles, two sacks, and a tackle for loss. So this Saints defensive line was just going crazy just between these two players. There's already seven sacks between just those three players right there. Um, for the Falcons, Calvin Ridley had 90 yards receiving on five receptions, and that was really their only bright spot on that team. Matt Ryan had two picks thrown, and no one was able to get anything going really, whatsoever. And, yeah, this is just a dominant game by New Orleans. Taysom Hill, while well, I still don't agree with you know the starting of Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, we can argue that all day long, um, he helped me in fantasy in my tight end slot, and I, I will be forever grateful to him for that. Um, and yeah, yeah. So New Orleans still dominated on all aspects of the field, honestly. Like, they don't need Taysom Hill to come out there and, you know, throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game because that's just not, not realistic. You know what I mean? So they just, they're doing it with defense and the running game with Alvin Kamara. And he was able to feed the ball to Michael Thomas more than Drew Brees had been this season so far. So, um, yeah, this is just a, a convincing win for New Orleans. You saw the one thing where, like, uh, Taysom Hill threw such a bad ball that, like, it's still got caught somehow to him mean, by Emmanuel Sanders, but it was basically like a punt coming down from the ground. Like it was like falling straight down to the ground by the time Emmanuel Sanders was able to turn completely around and come back to it. So I don't know, you know, that was Taysom Hill. I still don't believe he's a, you know a good NFL quarterback. But say what you will, he's going to get them the win, and that's you know past couple seasons they're just they're getting wins without quarterbacks that aren't Drew Brees. They're just they're designed that way, and I can respect that for Sean Payton, so they pull yeah, off a W.
0: I I was wrong. I thought the Falcons would win with Taysom Hill, and uh, I guess I was wrong one because there was a report coming out about how the Saints players were not happy with Taysom Hill yeah. starting with James Watson, but he kinda And
1: it looked out. like one of those players um, was Alvin um, Kamara, was what it looked like. There, yeah. you, you saw a thing of, like— I saw so much stuff on Twitter. There was a clip of Taysom Hill missing an open pass, and Alvin Kamara just, like, freaking out on the sidelines, (laughs) just, like, getting so angry and, like, you know, motioning and looking towards Jameis Winston, and it's like, yeah, he definitely wanted Jameis Winston to start, and I don't blame him, but, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting, but we now get into the next game, a great game that I predicted correctly, and Colton predicted incorrectly. You love to see it, but I get predicted the Saints game right, and I, pre- I don't love to see it. <laughs> so I, we, we, I win some and I lose some, but Indianapolis wins 34 to 31. Phillip Rivers, 288 yards, three touchdowns in an interception, as well as nine kids, and uh, yes. zero kids, which they cannot. Stop saying. Jason Taylor, as we mentioned, not Jason Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Um We mentioned him a little bit Jason earlier. Jason
1: Taylor, brother of Colin Coward's co-host, Joy Taylor.
0: <laughs> oh, can't say his name. We're going to start a beef. Uh, anyway, two, 22 attempts, 90 yards, an average of 4.1 yards per carry. Very impressive. That's I'm a joke. My, Michael Pittman, 66 yards, one touchdown. Zach Pascal had 54 yards. So, they both, oddly enough, had three receptions on three targets, which I find um, Rock Yassin with the interception, my man. Then uh, Kellen Moore leads the day to untackles with ten tackles, and Julian Blackman has five tackles and a forced fumble. So that's a good game for the defense. Indianapolis' defense, bend but don't break, in the, except for the deep ball. Aaron Rodgers, 311 yards, three touchdowns and interception. Aaron Jones. 41 rushing yards and a touchdown. The Wontay yes. Adams, six yards and a touchdown. And Robert Tonian, 44 yards and a touchdown. Belda Scantling had 55 yards, which is more, but he didn't have a touchdown. And he kind of, he dropped some, he had some stone hands a little bit today. Not even gonna lie. He dropped a few big passes. Um, and for the defense, Raven Green, seven tackles and a forced fumble. Christian Kirksey had six tackles and, and an interception. So, all those guys are pretty good games. This is just a, this is a good game, and you can tell it's a good game. There's a lot of the top performers that that have good that yeah, lines. Yeah. A lot of guys are out there balling out. But I yes. think the real players game. I mean, maybe not real. The real players game. Rodrigo mm-hmm. Blank and of the, the NFL,
1: Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. He's the weirdest looking guy in the NFL. He, gets it done. he kicked. The specs. He kicked a field goal fourth quarter. Then he kicked. Three, two in the fourth quarter, and then the, the game winner in overtime. So,
1: I respect you know, him.
0: I respect the man in his glasses, but come on, you gotta get some contacts or something. <laughs> I,
1: that's, that's his thing. <laughs> that was the, that's why everybody liked him in college. He was like the most famous college kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, because of the rec specs and just his overall demeanor. I saw yeah. there were so many memes going around recently. It was like the famous picture of DK Metcalf. And then it was um, Rodrigo Blankenship right next to it. And it's like, I refuse to believe that these two people play the same sport professionally. <laughs> and like, yeah, so many. Yeah, I, that's, that was funny. But yeah, this was a crazy game because the Packers came out to um, an early lead. And Joe messaged me and was like, man, it looks like the Packers are running away with this one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my prediction's right. And then um, obviously, Phillip Rivers and the Colts were able to bring it back. You saw them actually take a 31-28 to 28 lead. Aaron Rodgers on a third and ten in his own end zone threw a deep bomb to Marquez Valdez scaling, which was caught. And they were able to drive down the field before um, Mason Crosby tied it up right before overtime. And then they get into overtime, and Rodrigo blank and ship, the man, the myth. The legend ends the game there for the Colts. And, yeah, the Colts have been a nice one. And it, while I did create the Packers, I did say that I, I liked the Colts' take, and it, it would be a close team. So that was, you know, half credit, I guess. Partial yeah. credit. Partial, <laughs> Partial credit. Um, but, yeah, this was kind of – and the Colts are another team, like I mentioned with um, the Buccaneers, that kind of have everything. Like, they're built for success. Like, that's what you, when you're talking about a team that you want to construct a team that has a smothering defense and an amazing offensive line, and they are in contention for the best defense in the league and the best offensive line in the league. And that's what I—that's what we've been saying since day one. Um, that it comes on to Philip Rivers, right? Like if if Philip Rivers was able to play consistent football and not make a lot of bad mistakes and not throw a lot of interceptions, that would be an extremely good football team. And it's looking like that's what's happening. You know what I mean? Like Philip Rivers is. As time goes on, he's just making less and less mistakes. He's starting to be a little bit more cautious with the football. And that offensive line is the best that, quite possibly, that Phillip Rivers has ever had to face or ever had to be behind in his NFL career and probably the best defense he's had in his career. Um, And yeah, the one thing that's kind of holding them down there to an extent is just their wide receivers. They don't have a wealth of them, as T.Y. Hilton is not having a good season. But then, then they've got, you know, some underrated guys. I believe Zach, Pas- Zach Paschal is extremely underrated. And guys like Michael Pittman, three solid tight ends on that team. And Doyle, Allie Cox, and um, Trey Burton, the former Chicago Bear. And, yeah, that team is just built for success. And that, that, that's what it comes down to. And they, they ended up taking this one in a very, very good game. versus NBA. But was that the last game you had, or do you have one more?
0: No, I have two more. Cowboys two, Vikings oh, okay. Raiders
1: Okay, well then you're gonna to have to go two in a row at some point then. So, okay,
0: <laughs> so well, football, you can just do Monday night football in between, right? Okay. Unless you have to bats, I guess that makes okay. make sense. Okay. So are you doing the next one or do I do Monday night football now? No, I'll do this one. I'll do this one. Okay. Um, okay. Dallas Vikings. Dallas takes the win in another game where we both got wrong. Um thirty one, twenty eight. Andy Dalton has one of, has a solid game coming back, 203 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Ezekiel Elliott goes over 100 rushing yards. Tony Pollard gets a really nice long rush touchdown that I see all over Instagram because
1: huh.
0: of the, the, the nice runs there, but honestly, like you're paying Ezekiel Elliott so much money, and he has not been an efficient runner at this point in his career. 4.9 average there, but Tony Pollard averaged 12 yards per carry, and of course, but like, yes, he only had five attempts. But, like, at this point, I feel like you need to move Zeke. And I'm going to say it. I, heard it. I heard it from someone else. But I'm going to say it on this, on this forum that I think mm. at some point, Zeke Elliott is going to be maybe not traded, but, or, like, released or something. Because you got to get that contract off the you He's getting paid so much.
1: And I don't believe it, that one. For me, like, I don't know. I'm, I don't believe I think when Dak comes back, that's when all the problems get solved.
0: No, maybe. But he was, he was even worse early in the year. This is, like, one of the best games of his of his year so far. And, it, you know...
1: No, he was definitely better earlier in the year, at least in, like, touchdowns. Like, he's yeah. getting more. Yeah, he's no, He hasn't had an amazing season this year, but just because of the sheer amount Dak Prescott was throwing that ball like 45 times a game earlier in the year. But I think Ezekiel uh, is still a really good running back when Dak is on the field and when, you know, he has a healthy offensive line and, you know, you're not missing Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. So, I don't know. I still believe in Zeke, not... You know, for this season, but as a running back in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, like, he'll be a good running back somewhere. Like, he's he's a good option. and He can get you. I was like, he's a he's a good guy. He can get you a certain amount of yards every carry. But um, yeah. maybe that's a discussion for for some other time. I don't know. But Amari Cooper leads the day receiving eighty-one yards. CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, all had receiving touchdowns. C. C. Like Lamb.
1: Crazy receiving touchdown for CeeDee Lamb.
0: Yeah. Um. So that's. That's great to see, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Shidwobi Awuzie, five tackles leading the day, but Blaine Vanerask was right behind there with four. He's arguably a top ten off ball wide receiver, wide off ball linebacker in the league, honestly. Mm. Um, and from Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, 314 yards, three touchdowns. Lavin Cook rushes for 115 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson both. Had big games. Just Adam Thielen going for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson 86 yards and touchdown, and they both had crazy catches as well. It was like no, was yeah. a,
1: Adam Thielen's crazy one hand when I saw that one.
0: Yeah, and it's just it was a crazy week all around. You saw the Deontay Johnson nice catch with off the deflection yes. and stuff. It was if you if you're a fan of nice catches, you were a fan of this week. Uh, Eric Hendricks had an interception and. Um, There was a lot, a lot of players with four tackles: Eric Wilson, Harrison Smith, Mm -hmm. um, Dale Johnson. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was, it was. This was a close game, but I didn't get to watch it, so I I don't have a lot of insights here. But I did see all the highlights, which this was a game pretty full of highlights. Andy Dalton made some pretty Mm -hmm. nice throws, nice catches, and stuff down the stretch. So Tony Pollard, nice run, and of of course, game with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is a is a human highlight reel, so.
1: Yeah, it's weird to see a game where Kurt Cousins, Davin Cook, and Adam Thielen all go off and have really nice games, but they still lose. <laughs> that's just weird to me, especially versus Dallas, who, you know's not been a good team this season whatsoever. But I guess with Andy Dalton behind the helm, it would be significantly better than with Gary Gilbert behind the helm. I guess we should have expected that to an extent. But um, I mean, Andy Dalton comes back and, and performs well with the three touchdown game and just elevates the team. You know, that's all there is to it. Andy Dalton. The skill gap between Andy Dalton and Gary Gilbert is a lot wider than than what we like to give people credit for. So,
0: yeah, but I mean, at this point, the NFC East is really wide open. Between, oh, yeah. like, I think, still in it. And I think the Eagles, the Eagles, I think were the front runners for a while there, and now I don't, I don't think, I think they're they're still obviously in contention and can still win, but I think they're they're starting to to cool down a little bit. But now I think it's, I think it's really between the Giants and. And uh, the Cowboys, I think Washington could is well within reach as well. But like the Cowboys can come back; they're they're bad, but like they, if they can win games, they'll make it to the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. they can games here and there, like that one. That was a that was a big win for them as far as their playoff hopes.
1: Yeah, I think potentially the most important game of the season in that division was the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The game that ended in a tie. <laughs> because then you look at that, and it's like. For weeks, the Bengals have been number one with the same amount of wins as the Giants just because they have that tie instead of a loss. Mm-hmm. Every week, that's what it's coming down to, and the Eagles are still division leaders because of that tie. And there's a very high chance we end the season off with um, those teams have the same number of wins, and possibly the Giants beat them twice, but um, the Eagles have that tie, and that's what, that, that's what comes out, and that's honestly an extremely real possibility. That could be the most important game of the season on that division So.
0: Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very interesting situation there in the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah, we've always gotta squeeze in something about
1: how bad that division is every week. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we terrible. get into now the Monday night football game that just ended. The LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another game that I'll give myself partial credit for while still getting the question wrong. <laughs> I said Tampa Bay would win, which was wrong, but I said again. LA Rams could definitely take this one. Um, the Rams did take it, 27 to 24. Our top performers have Jared Goff. He did throw two interceptions, but coupling that with 376 yards and three touchdowns. We have Cooper Cup, 11 receptions for 145 yards, and Robert Woods, 12 receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then we're going to have Jordan Fuller on that defense with four tackles, two interceptions, and two passes defended. And then for Tampa Bay, the only one we're going to have is Levante David. Nine tackles, three tackles for loss, and a pass defended. You saw Mike Evans have one of the craziest touchdowns I've seen in a long time, just going straight up beast mode. Um, Chris Godwin had a crazy diving touchdown, but the leader, receiving leader for that team in this game was the man, the myth, the legend, Antonio Brown. Um, it's 57 yards, so interesting. interesting. The running game wasn't able to get things going, and this was the – third game this season that Tom Brady has done multiple interceptions, and they have lost all three of those games. Um, Tom Brady officially, as of now, has tied his amount of interceptions that he had last season, and it's only just now finished week 11. So, you, you know, Tom Brady's not having the most efficient season of his career by any means, but this is definitely a very good team still. Um, yeah, And the, the LA Rams take it, and they have a very underrated team. Like I'm saying, this defense is something that you know we had all thought, we've all discussed. You know, they're going to be a top-heavy defense. It's going to be Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and that's it. But we've seen guys step up. We've seen the safeties, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp step up. We've seen Darius Williams, the corner step up. We've seen Micah Kaiser, Troy Reader at times. Um, so there, there are a lot of guys in that defense that are performing a lot better than I had anticipated. Guys that you know, some of which before the season I never even heard of, like Micah Kaiser. You know what I mean? So like. A uh, defense is quietly one of the better defenses in the league, and Jared Goff had one of the better games of his career from a yard standpoint. And in a game where obviously the Rams are known for running the football, um, in a game where they don't run the football very much whatsoever, they're still able to come out and get you know, a really good team. That's just that takes me. Sean McVay becomes thirty-one and zero in games where he leads at halftime. So take that as you will. Um, and yeah, this just kind of shows you how they're winning in just the the genius per se of of sean McVay and how he's able to coach really up that team in so i think sean McVay is,
0: is like one of the most underrated coaches in the league at this point because yeah. he, he, was, yeah. he was he was a, one of the top coaches whenever he won whenever he went to the super bowl but then he lost and ever since then you don't hear his name called a whole lot and i think he's still yeah. one the, like obviously he's still one of the top coaches and he, he's he's so bright he's one of the he's a really smart guy that's you can look at him, and you can tell he's a very intelligent man, and uh, he knows a lot about the game of football, so you to love to really, see him.
1: There's the classic things of, like, he remembered, like, every play from every game
0: like
1: yeah. for the past couple of years. Like, you know, he's he's a very bright football mind, definitely,
0: definitely. Yeah, he, he's going to be a good coach for years, and whether he bounces around a little bit like Andy Reid or stays with one team like Bill Belichick, he'll, he'll definitely go down as a great in all likelihood. Um, and then we go into Sunday Night Football, I know it's been cr- a lot of crazy games, a lot of close games. This was no different. An offensive implosion, unlike well, a once-in-a-while game, unless you're watching the Chiefs because it's every game with them. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 348 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Travis Kelsey also attempted some sort of trick play, which I um, did not notice. I didn't watch most of the game. But um, from a rushing standpoint, this was a really, really good game. Clyde was... Edwards hilaire rushed for 69 yards. Nice. And two touchdowns. Nice. William Bell rushed for a rushing touchdown. They didn't, neither of them had very efficient days, but touchdowns are the important thing. Travis Kelsey, 127 yards in touchdown. Tyree Kill, 102 yards in a touchdown. And on the defensive side of the ball, Anthony Hitchens and William Gay Jr., not William Gay's son, unlike what I thought for a long time. <laughs> and Danielle Sorensen had one interception. I mean, which,
1: He is William's nice. son, just not that William Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's true, yes. Um Derek Carr. Very this is this is one of his this is a very Derek Carr esque game. Very efficient. Two seventy five yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Josh Jacobs rushed for fifty five yards and a touchdown with an average of three point two yards per carry. Sheesh, Sheesh. what a crazy <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Darren Muller, eighty-eight yards. Nelson Agler also had eighty-eight yards. They both had a touchdown. Interesting little coincidence there. Jonathan yeah. Abram had seven tackles and Nick Waltz. Every time I have that like I he that guy like is I a very Skartosky, productive.
1: Player. I, say.
0: I have a hard I have a hard time pronouncing him. <laughs> and Trayvon Mullen gets alone in the lone interception of the day. For the Ravers, Ravens, not Ravens, Raiders. Ugh. But um, this is a this is a close game, and the I mean, Mahomes and the Chiefs they get their revenge. It was a you know, Patrick Mahomes had the clutch touchdown on the last drive, and you know, the the hilarious yes. picture of a Derek Carr like staring staring him down, and you know, a lot of good memes came from that. I picture.
1: saw there was a the thing, like. I don't, I, I didn't know what Chiefs player it was, but uh, one that gave up, I believe it was the first touchdown of the game, um, was like hiding from Chris Jones afterwards. <laughs> it was like Chris Jones was like angrily like coming at him like yelling at his teammates were like shielding him. It was so weird. Yeah. There were so many things going on. Like that was a weird situation. But Chiefs squeak went out and Mahomes, I believe, has two interceptions on the year, and both of them were versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Fun fact, fun fact. The MVP, Patrick Mahomes. MVP. He very well could be.
0: He, very well could be. he deserves
1: it. to be so far.
0: I I admit season Aaron Rodgers, but right now I don't think it is. I think it's it's definitely between Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson, but we've both seen Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have some bad games here and there, and he didn't have a bad game per se, but he did yeah. take the loss. So, you know, when you're leading a a, a, a 10 and 1 football team, or it might be 9 and 1. I don't know.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, so when you're the leader of a 9 and 1 football team, you're consistent. He's only had one game that was even like below his standard so far. And uh, mm-hmm. he's definitely at the top of the conversation right now. But Patrick Mahomes uh, in the standard is 300 yards and three
1: touchdowns. <laughs> and you only below at one time. That's very impressive. Yeah.
0: But what, I gotta do... say, if
1: I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I truly believe that when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I honestly believe, believe that. Um, when you just look at the production he's had over his first two seasons starting and three seasons starting now, he's could very well walk away as a three-time season, three-season starter. Um, he could very well walk away this season, starting three seasons with two MVPs and two Super Bowls. Yeah. That is a real possibility in his first three seasons starting. And he's on pace to shatter every record and every accomplishment that has ever been in the NFL record books. And You know, barring some sort of career altering injury. Um, yeah. I truly believe Mahomes will go down as the greatest quarterback of all time.
0: That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Football fans can can help him pray that he does not sustain some injury because that would, yeah. like people are sad when Dak and, and those guys get injured but yeah, I'm gonna be heartbroken if Patrick Mahomes gets injured. No, he could do the other guys. It's just a different it's just a different like level of play with Mahomes. That you you don't get that from any yeah. other player. It's like that'd be really, really sad to see that.
1: Yeah, that that's true. That's true. So um, we it's now down in recording. I've got my receipts made like, you know, fifteen years from now, you can look back on this when Mahomes is the goat and be
0: like, Man, I was I was smart. I was smart. And that's Going to be an interesting situation in 15 years when you bring up the old the old podcast and say right here I am
1: yeah, week <laughs> yeah, week 11 of the NFL 2020. I'm gonna look and say man I was right. Patrick Mahomes would be the
0: greatest quarterback of all time. I mean it's he's well on his way. He's well on his way. Indeed he
1: is. Indeed he is. But there you have our our analysis of all of the week 11 NFL games. So. The idea that was proposed for Wednesday, um, will be going and talking
0: through our Pro Bowl votes. Oh so yeah, we're going to do for the that. Pro Bowl. that is what we I I apologize. I forgot what we talked about that. Yeah. So the Pro Bowl system has changed.
1: There's now six votes per position, and I actually had to re kind of redo my uh, votes. Or I was I went through to I was going to vote a second time and vote from the same people again. Uh, and I'm you know personally a guy, that I don't vote for my favorite players i vote for you know who i believe is having the best season um and but i went back to do it and they had like changed certain players so like they one them, they changed demario davis from um outside linebacker to inside linebacker so that changed that and i wanted him to be on my list so that took one of my inside linebackers away and that added another outside linebacker that i did not originally have so you know, I'll, I'll get into that stuff later. And those, were, and there are just a few little things like that. There was like, I think there was a guy on my list that just got taken off of the ballot. That I, so like I don't even know what I'm gonna do about that one. But
0: yeah, interesting stuff. Oh, yeah, I'll, well, I'll, I'll figure it out and I write it all down or, or screenshot it or something. Um, that's gonna be a long episode. So we're gonna mention all six players we voted for for each position.
1: We'll just mention them uh, and uh, then. Uh, you know, we don't have to go in-depth on every every single one of them because, you know, that would take way too long. But obviously, there'll be some discussion, I'm sure, with certain picks. But
0: Yeah, definitely the, the major positions, with, of course. Yeah, like we're not
1: going to sit down and, like, go on and on about who we voted for offensive line or kicker or whatever. We'll pro- when it gets to the boring positions like that, we'll just list who we said. We're not going to go in-depth with it. But. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll work it out for sure. Faux show sure, But... Yeah, you know, this was a this was a this was a great week. This is a a memorable week in the NFL for me. This was a, a lot of crazy games that are very a lot of memorable moments with crazy a lot of highlights and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's all NFL is is always a good product. And I wonder how I always wonder how it is like. I, not, there's not a week that goes by where you're like all of these games stunk. You know, there's always something fun to watch. Yes,
1: yes, yeah, that is true. It's a weird I just watch the Steelers game, and then whenever it comes on after that, and then whatever primetime games slash whatever I can get live
0: at four o'clock. So yeah, it depends if I'm a, if I'm at church or not. Um, yeah. My as I mentioned, my pastor was on vacation, so I was not. um I didn't have church today, but my family came over and we actually watched a live stream of another one. So you I'm not I didn't get to watch a whole lot of those four o'clock. Yet. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get much, but I watched. I watched the Packers in Indianapolis, and then, yeah, I mentioned, I said that in Indianapolis, I thought the Green Bay was running away with it a little bit, so I switched over to the Broncos and the Dolphins, and then we church started, and I looked back, and it was, like, super close with both of them, so I got some split-screen action going, got one Mm. on my phone, on the the TV, and tried to know what was going on. But about you? There you go. That's a good system there, the double-screen
1: action. Uh, yes yes. So yeah, it has been it has been a good episode with our with our analysis of the games. Um so yeah, we will be back with you on Wednesday talking about our vote vote an episode that I'm pretty excited for. Um and yeah. then we'll be back on Friday with obviously our um predictions. So, yeah, you know you know the wave here from us here at the Coleman Joe Show Wait, But before
0: we go before we um, go before, sorry, I'm part got, of the message. I got to mention that I'm gonna be completely biased, and I don't care. I'm voting Ben Roethlisberger for the Pro Bowl. Players mm. with better, better stats or whatever, I don't care. Big Ben's one of my Pro Bowl, votes. No matter what, you're the leader of a nine and a, a ten and a team. You are a Pro Bowl vote to me.
1: I can respect it. I
0: can. Respect but now it. you can get back to your to your outro. I apologize.
1: The classic outro. You all know what's gonna come. You know the next words that are gonna come out of my mouth. Everybody does. So from us here at the Golden Joe Show, we are peace and.